Hey, this is Sailor. Welcome to another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. Hey, fellas. What's up? Hey. Hello. Hi. Oh, look at oh, this. We've hi. only got two windows open. <laughs> what the heck? I'm so used to saying hi to you there. On the screen. Hi. Yay. What's going on, everybody? Nothing. Nothing. It's October. Nothing. Officially it's October. Now. My favorite month. Yes. Um, absolutely my favorite month. I have not been in a place where it doesn't get cold in years. So I'm a little worried about how that's going to affect my fall feelings. It is weird hanging Halloween decorations in 95 degree heat. Not a fan. But you get used to it. Not a fan. Yeah, I feel like at that point, it's almost like you feel like you're faking it. Oh, you're definitely yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's July, and you're hanging. Yeah, what are you gonna do? You know, apple, yeah. apple, and pumpkin picking in Florida in 100 degree weather. I've done it. I've done it. Where the fuck do they grow apples and pumpkins? There's a place right down the street from me. That's ridiculous. That's a huge pumpkin patch. Oh, Lord. Well, it seems like in Florida you'd be able to grow that stuff year round. I guess. Just doesn't have the right feeling for me. <laughs> Florida pumpkins. They, they turn very, very quickly, though. I was going to say. Like, I can imagine. Yeah. I'm don't sure. leave it, once you buy them, don't leave them outside. Well, of course not. Will, yeah. yeah. Two days. I'm sure. That's disgusting. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. Up here in the north, we got that natural refrigeration going on. Yeah. For oh, us. Yes. Yeah. You know, I got to say, I do miss that, that my garage was my second refrigerator and freezer mm -hmm. in the fall and winters. I miss that for sure. Yeah. But, you know. We have beaches. Uh, we have sunshine. We don't have to deal with snow and ice. So oh, I'll shut up! You you can stop now. <laughs> <laughs> but I will miss New England um, this fall. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I had a complete shit day. Like something about today. And you know what? I'm not the only one experiencing. Oh no! Frustration. Um, nope. Ed, I know you had a rough day, but yep. it seems that the whole world is experiencing an outage. Today is what will go down in history as the great Facebook and Instagram outage day. <laughs> people, I've been watching people react to it all day. I didn't even know for hours and hours. And then I, I don't know what happened. Twitter was busy. <laughs> well, Talking about Instagram well, and Facebook. Yep. Yeah. I can't even see people's reactions to it because the only one I really use is Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like dead air. <laughs> well, it was funny. Twitter um, tweeted, hello, literally everyone. Yes. <laughs> goat tweet. Definite goat tweet. I like it. So I was busy on LinkedIn oh, today yeah. and uh, rethinking my marketing strategy for sure for the business. So yeah, it's been quite a fucking day. Um, I am drinking whiskey. Yay! First time in months, many months. So uh, I'm, I'm psyched. And uh, we got a good show in front of us today. I'm excited to kind of visit slash revisit a little bit this topic. And um, but before that, Matt, I know that um, there was a little a little news item we brought up last week and uh, you wanted to revisit that yeah well the first thing i want to say is great news we don't have any deaths to report <laughs> that's great news so that's i mean in the meantime you know before the show between recording the show and when it's released something could happen and i'll look like don't a fucking fool but uh yeah for now yeah knock on wood no deaths to report but 
Unfortunately, we have to spend more time on this guy, but we did bring up a gentleman by the name of, well, I shouldn't call him a gentleman. He's not a gentleman. He's not a gentleman. A, du- a guy. A douche. A douche, yes. Uh, a king douche, uh, Machine Gun Kelly. Um, and uh, we discussed his douche gun douche, doucheness last time. Yes. His douchery. Um, and I understand before, um, because Ed's, uh, I'm going to turn it over to Ed in a couple seconds, but I will say that um, he was at Louder Than Life Festival, which is a, a festival that got a lot of press in Louisville uh, over the weekend of the 25th and 26th of September. Um, and he drew the ire, not only the fans, but of a lot of fellow artists also. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to get into one, just one quote. And I don't like this band. Uh, I agree with him wholeheartedly on this take. But Sean Morgan from Seether, not a really big Seether fan. They're just one of those new kind of cookie cutter bands. Um, he said this when he was on stage during their set. He says, I congratulated the crowd for booing that prick off the stage. <laughs> Here's my thing. You were a rapper. You got wrapped out of rapping because you got so owned by Eminem. Then you come to rock, for example, and it's more pop punk than anything else, as I consider it. But yeah, I just had to say something. I was so proud of people in the audience. I didn't feel like you belong on a stage like that after one or two singles just because you've got a name and a fancy girlfriend, and now you're a big headliner at a rock festival. Yeah, so, yeah. what he said. What he said. Like it. Yes. Like it a lot. Yes. Yeah, fuck that guy. Two thumbs up to see that, even though I don't like your music. Yeah, but still. Still. You got to throw down for the proper rock. Yes. Wait till, you know, this guy, uh, this is what all I want to say. This guy hopes he lives to be in his 50s. He hopes. He hopes that, A, he's alive in his 50s, that he's well in his 50s, that he can stand, walk, and talk in his 50s, and that people still want to come listen to his music when he's in his 50s. Well, that's the big so thing. he can shut right the yeah. fuck up. I don't think anybody will. No, absolutely not, especially not after this. But, Ed, your daughter was there for the original incident. Yes, she was. Uh, so I got a, uh, a second-hand, first-hand report about uh his antics yeah she says she was there she actually made it to both stages but she was there uh when machine gun kelly you know started ripping on slipknot and she just thought it was hysterical because she knew what had preceded this um you know with his thing with eminem and having to switch to rock and all that so yeah so she was kind of kind of poked a little fun (laughs) at him as well so well what was that? He's a wicked douche, and I hope he's. I hope this just is the nail in the coffin because he's got nothing to contribute that I really think is worth anything. Zero. Oh well. Zero. But he's not really worth talking about anymore. So no. no. Let's, let's move on. Move on. Let's move on. Um. Let's go right into what we're drinking tonight. How about that? Yes. Hey, sounds good. All right. Who wants to go first? You should go first. You've been waiting. Yeah. Yes. We've been waiting to hear about what you're drinking for quite some time now. (laughs) It's not a non-alcoholic whiskey. Although I will tell you, I have, as I've been delving into these, there's really good options out there. I'm I'm quite surprised. Um, So if you want to take a break, there really are good options. It's, I mean, even five years ago, that didn't exist. So it's pretty cool. Three years ago, it didn't exist. Truth, truth. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. no longer limited to O'Doul's. No. (laughs) 
I will say the non-alcoholic wine needs to get it together because yes. I tasted a few of those and I was like, oh my God, what's in my mouth? Get it out right now. Yeah. Terrible. But the spirits, they got it going on. So tonight I decided since we are going to be discussing a female uh, rock band slash metal band, I should go with um, a whiskey that's made by a, another female. And so I decided to go with Baren. Oh, yeah. You can't, you can't do that. Why? It's my choice. Hey, I'm drinking Bren. I'm drinking Bren. I'm drinking Bren. I'm drinking the equally as good one. The estate? Yes. <laughs> Damn it. Well, sorry, Matt. That's fine. I guess we'll just have to both talk about it. That's fine. I guess so. Yeah. Well, uh, shout out to Allison Park, the... Uh, the AP, do you guys, um, well, first of all, for the audience, if you don't know what Bren is, um, it is a French single malt. And let me tell you, this is some delicious liquid. When I first heard about it, I was like, wait, well, what the hell is a French single malt? Um, I'm not familiar with French whiskey. I understand there is French whiskey and um, I always love learning about categories that I'm not going to say new, you know, categories I'm not familiar to or new to me. Um, but you know, not a, not a huge, uh, region for, for, you know, producing whiskey, of course, but, um, this whiskey in particular is just phenomenal. So it is actually, uh, made with barley grown in the cognac region of France. Now, why that matters, it turns out, is not just because they get to call this area cognac. It is because the soil is literally different in cognac. So there was a, um, a study done that took, I think, almost 20 years where they kind of figured out, well, you know, what really is the line where all these areas, you know, Burgundy, cognac, is there really a difference between between the soil or is it a weather or climate thing or is it just a history and tradition? And it turns out it really is the soil among other things. And so they were able to draw the line of where cognac is by testing the soil and seeing where certain uh, things in that soil stopped. I, I just thought that was fascinating. So this barley is grown in between the grapes and grown to alternate crops. And so it's then aged in limousine casts not like the car, but like the uh, trees, yeah. the forest. These trees were grown, planted to for shipbuilding. They're very, very straight and very tall and very hard. Um, and so you don't want to try to pronounce it like Allison pronounces it. Limousine. Limousine. Okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, then it is put into um, cognac casks on its uh, second sleep so really phenomenally amazing the, the one i'm drinking is the 10 year um and you know me i'm not i don't have to have super old whiskey it's not age isn't really important i do like the differences between the estate and the 10 i notice it's noticeably different so for me this is um creme brulee and stone fruit and um buttery pastries and and like eclairs that creamy custardy deliciousness it's just unbelievably phenomenal unbelievably smooth 
if you're a bourbon lover and you that's really your only category of choice, I would highly recommend trying Bryn because it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. I definitely can tell that it has either been in a, a barrel with a grape distillate. You know, there's that grape distillate there. Um, and it could be many factors that are giving me that flavor. So, um, yeah, man, I had to go all the way with the fancy French shit oh, yeah. for tonight. Right. So and I might go. also, yeah, I might also add that um, if there's anyone out there who may be whiskey curious, who has not delved in the world of whiskey, this would make probably the easiest whiskey to start your journey with as far as drinking goes. It is so easy to sip on. Um, it, there's no burn to it at all. It's got that sweet, those sweet flavors on the palate. It's a great introduction to whiskey for the beginners. And for if you're already into whiskey, it's a great one to add to your collection just because it's so different than anything else. And they are distinctly different. The two of them are distinctly different. Yes, very. Um, but they keep that, and this is what I love about whiskey rangers when they can keep sort of that blueprint framework mm-hmm. um and i think they did that with these two uh and i think any other release they might have i think you're going to see the same sort of thread throughout uh distinct difference in sort of nuances but uh they're both like you said fruity a little bit on the sweet side um but fantastic stuff delicious yeah what about you ed all right. Speaking of delicious whiskeys, <laughs> I have got there? this. This is hands down. I mean, no contest. My new favorite rye. So I'm drinking a rye tonight. Um, this rye comes from Hill Rock Estate Distillery nice. in New York. And nice. this is the bottle. This is um, uh, one of Dave Pickerel's legacies right here. And, um, you know, on the subject of female-owned brands, this uh, is actually, you know, at least partly owned by a female, um, Kathy Franklin, and uh, also Jeffrey Baker. And, the you know, they still give credit to the late Dave Pickerel as being, you know, part of the team. Um, but, yeah, it's um, for those who are actually going to view this on YouTube you know, you can see the color. This color is so deep and rich and yes. red. It's just this like auburn um, color. I mean, it, you would never this. I think let me double check. I think the age on this, I think it was like um, four year, four and a half years or something. Mm-hmm. Like that. I know it's under I believe it's around that five year or slightly under five year range. Um and so anyone who doesn't think that a five-year-old or less whiskey can have just as much complexity as a 12 or an 18-year-old, I'd say, try this. Try it now. You will get that complexity. It's got the nose. It's, it's just this beautiful bouquet of rich, dark fruit, like raisins, prunes, uh, those dark stone fruits. Um. I mean, absolutely beautiful. What um what size barrels are they aging in? Do, do they say? I do not know. What size they barrels they use? Barrels. They would have to for that yeah. color. That color is so gorgeous. Yeah, it is double casked. So um, is that Solera? 
there's for, not a lot of information really on the bottle. Because huh. I knew they, um, I know they do Solera aging on some of their stuff. That would that would yeah. make sense. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I'll tell you what. If this, you know, it, I'm sure it might pick up a lot, some of its color from if they had a barrel that was used to age something like a wine or something like that. Um, but yeah, I've the the only other one I have I think that could even come close to this um, as far as complexity and depth of flavor and everything else is my um, is it the uh, Kentucky Owl Ten Year, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you what if if I had to choose between this and the Kentucky Owl, you know, any given day, this would win every single time. Wow. That's some words right there. Hands down. Yeah, in fact, I made the mistake of um, doing a back-to-back -back comparison. And then I went and tasted the Kentucky <laughs> Owl. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I spent how much on this bottle? <laughs> but, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but anyway, Quick. yeah, that's Quick what I'm drinking that. tonight. And I am, uh, oh, this also happens to be, I should give a shout out uh, to these guys. Um, there's a group, Taste, Taste Select Repeat. This is one of their cask selections too if you nice. don't follow them on instagram look them up and what's the proof on that Ed? the oh, proof is yeah, this this is another crazy thing the proof yeah. is 59.75 percent so if you do the math <laughs> yeah so it's that's it's, pretty high it's got, some, it's got some balls yeah yeah but they it are. doesn't drink like it <laughs> it doesn't drink like it's that high <laughs> Nice. So, uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful rye. Quick 30-second Hillrock story. Um, one of the only regrets I have in this industry, and luckily being in retail in New Jersey, we were probably the third top account in the state as far as Hillrock sales went. Mm -hmm. We sold a ton of that stuff, even at the price point. Just the quality was there, and I was able to speak to it. But uh, we had gotten, this was before Dave passed away, we had gotten an invitation uh, to go to a private dinner at Hill Rock, hosted by Dave. Shut up. Um, and unfortunately, as as what happens with retail, uh, I was working two doubles that weekend. I could not That's... go. The only regret, and I think probably three months later is when he passed away. Uh... Um, so yeah, that's my quick little Hill Rock story. But if you can find it anywhere, buy it. Yeah, buy it. It's worth it. Absolutely worth it. I agree. Yeah. You know yeah, what? This whiskey will not leave you on the edge of a broken heart. Oh boy. It will not. <laughs> Neither one of them will. <laughs> All right, if you haven't guessed by now, tonight's topic is Vixen. No, we're not talking about the reindeer. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> we're talking about the 80s all-female metal band yeah. or rock band. Back then, metal band. 
Um, if you remember, we had um, the amazing Brit Lightning on our show a couple months ago, and um, she's just really, really awesome lady um, doing some really cool things. She's got a hell of a career. She um, told us a little, we talked a little bit about Vixen, but we mostly focused on her. So we decided, you know, we should really go back. They've been on our list. Let's go back and uh, to the way back and talk about Vixen. And I'm really glad that we're doing this. It's about time. So we don't, we really don't talk about the ladies enough. Um, it's tough because of the genre, which I think proves out a lot of stuff that I say usually. Um, but yeah, let's, let's get into it. A um, little bit of backstory on them. If you don't know who they are, fuck you. Go listen to them on Spotify. If you do know who they are, um, you might remember their awesome hair, some of the best hair in metal, let me tell you. Um, so they formed in St. Paul, Minnesota in 1980, and they were Jan Kuhnemund on the guitar. <laughs> Jan, did go with that. Janet Gardner, lead vocal for the guitar, Cher Ross, bass guitar, and Roxy Petrucci, one of my favorite names in music on drums. Um, their most successful period commercially was 1987 to 1992. Edge of a Broken Heart came out of the gate, just blasted everything. Super popular song in the 80s. And I'm actually surprised when I read that it only charted at 26. That feels so weird to me because I don't know if you remember, Ed, but I feel like they were on MTV all the time. Oh, yeah. And they were on uh, whenever they would do their MTV Spring Break Live, they would always have bands on there performing live at in Daytona or wherever it was. And I remember mm -hmm. seeing them on there performing. And yeah, they were they were huge. They were back when they came out. Yeah, I, I don't know why they only charted at 26, but I also feel like that song was played like every five seconds. So I don't know. Um, before they kind of hit, hit the, their commercial success, they were part of the LA glam metal scene. They had lots of lineup changes as is usual in a lot of the bands that we talk oh, yeah. about. Um, and then in 1988, finally, the band was signed to EMI. Um, and we're going to talk about that. We're, we're going to sidebar for a minute, but I'm going to say a little bit more than we're, we're going to talk about that. Um, so they, rec they recorded their first album, which was self-titled and it was released in 1988 and, um, interesting piece of information, Richard Marks co-wrote, um, and arranged, uh, Edge of a Broken Heart and produced the song. And I think a few other songs, I happen to love Richard Marks. If you follow him on Twitter, you will understand what I'm talking about. If you don't follow him, follow him. He is hilarious you think i curse a lot you think <laughs> i have a potty mouth the guy who sang right there waiting for you right here waiting for you whatever the song was like on the piano dun, 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 dun. oh he has got a potty mouth that can wow i mean probably one of the best potty mouths ever i it's, never would have suspected that <laughs> so kind of <laughs> kind of like a bob saget if you watched him on full house yes, you never would have yes suspected. great yes great example yeah i think that someone i read an article about him and the article was about a, a journalist mentioned kind of I, I think wrote something about or he was mentioned in an article kind of about being washed up or something 
Richard Marks reached out to him, contacted him, and was like, dude, you got to meet me at this. We're going to talk about this. And, like, drove there and met this guy and was basically like, what the fuck, man? And, I mean, ended up being a super cool guy. And so this is what the article was about, which I thought was hilarious. So, and he mentioned him on Twitter. So I went on Twitter and I think the first tweet I ever read, he said something like, listen, douche nozzle, why don't we take your scrotum and shove it down the throat of your mom? He did say mom. He said, yes, and shove it down your mom's throat or something. And wow. I was like, oh my God. It's, it, I mean, I feel like he's got like a, a curse word generator that I don't have. It's <laughs> fucking amazing. Anywho. Like pairs them together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a mix oh. and match. Um, like, yeah, yeah. It's phenomenal. Like an algorithm for it. Um, okay, so Vixen spent the next year after their uh, self, uh, their debut release um, touring the freaking world, supporting some of the biggest acts in metal, Ozzy Osbourne, the Scorpions, Bon Jovi, and they headlined their own shows. Now, I want to make something clear. They do not have a record deal at the time. Okay? They are signed to EMI Manhattan with a we'll see what happens deal. Okay. The band returns to the studio in late 1989, early 1990 to record their follow-up album, Rev It Up, which was released in 1990. And again, they're touring, supporting Kiss, Deep Purple, um, and again, they are headlining. Now, we're going to pause in their story for a second because we have spoke about many, many bands on this show that started off at about the same time, had far less talent than they have, and received a multi-record deal contract with all of the money and advertising backing that you need. Okay? So Rev It Up, their second album, did not... Um, have the commercial success that their first album, Vixen, did. It also didn't have the backing that the first album had. Now, why? Why Why could this possibly be? Let's talk about all the shit-ass, one-hit wonders, one-album wonder bands of the 80s that were not even anywhere as good as these gals. What's the difference? Hmm. Now, did you say something about balls a minute ago? I did. I mean, I think they have bigger balls than most metal dudes, but, you know, yes. I guess they don't have actual testicles. Yeah, unfortunately, those were different times. And even though we did go through the Riot Girl movement by that time, it's still, you know, women were still having a time in rock music. Work? Unfortunately. Yeah. And, uh, work? Does work? Cher, Cher actually has a really good quote around this time, um, sort of alluding to what you said. She says, there are two kinds of musicians in the world. There are good musicians and there are bad musicians. Neither one has anything to do with whether or not you have a dick. Because that's not what you play your instrument with. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Cher. Cher. I love it. Love it. I love it. Yeah. That is, yeah. She, she said it all right there. Mm -hmm. So, I wanted to just put that out there to have some um facts number one and to have a little bit of context for what happened with this band's career why were they why didn't they become the bon jovi why didn't they become the scorpions the kiss the 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 warrant the white snake the great white they are better than warrant white snake great white and bon jovi and i tell you it wasn't for lack of talent that's for it sure it was absent was and isn't and the, and 
for they, lack of talent. They drew comparisons to Bon Jovi, which they're is not, called the which, female, the female Bon, Jovi, bon Jovi, which is they can totally fuck not right which off is the for that. Most unfair assessment ever. I mean, we all know how we feel about Bon Jovi. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Let's say Bon Jovi's amazing. You can't just be called a band. You have to be called no, the they're female just something. Fixing. That's it. They're just fixing. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's what happened there. Um, so okay. So um, a year out of touring, like I said, supported Kiss, Deep Purple, and, and then their own tours. Um, after the tour ended in 1991, they did not have the backing that they needed from their record label. And so the band um, disbanded, supposedly due to musical differences. Here's what happens. Let's say that you have to go be away from home for a year, right? And you're probably gone you know, 250 days out of the year, maybe even 300 days out of the year, you're gone, you're off the road. And the money that you're bringing in isn't going to come to you till later, right? You may have gotten a little upfront. Some of your, some of your expenses might be paid while you're on tour. Um, and then you come back from tour and someone says, oh yeah, you know, your record didn't sell as good as we hoped. So you're not going to get as much money as you were banking on getting. Meanwhile, you've just been on the road for a fucking year. And then also, yeah, you know, we could do another album, but it, we really don't have the money to back it like we did your first album. Really, motherfuckers? I'm pretty sure I was on tour with the biggest fucking bands in the world. Fuck you. So that's why they disbanded. Um, so we're going to fast forward to the to the mid 2000s. Um, so they kind of got together, reformed. They had some issues between each other with reforming and how they're going to reform and who was going to be in the band. And that went on for a while. And then unfortunately, Jan passed away in 2013 from cancer. Um, and then the three surviving members of the classic lineup decided that they were going to carry on with the band under the name Vixen to honor Jan. And so um, they did so. And then in 2017, um, Gina Style left the band, and um, Britt Lightning took over. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so she was in a she was in a Boston band called Jaded. Um, and then in 2019, they announced that Lorraine Lewis of Femme Fatale, I used to be a big fan of Femme Fatale, would come on board and take over as lead singer and is still with the band. So that's the current lineup. So I just want to take it from the original to the classic to the current lineup. And um, they are still playing shows, still recording, still touring, still kicking ass, still making music. So you know what? Take that, you piece of shit record executive motherfuckers. You can suck it. You know, I they I don't know if you've listened to I know we are we're going to talk about two other albums, but if you've listened to their 2018 they put out a live album so with the current lineup if you listen to that album they are just fantastic they're on their game they're i mean they're just as good as they've ever been definitely. you know if not better yeah definitely for sure i totally agree totally agree they are they are professionals they are incredibly talented they know what they're doing um yeah they're 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 fantastic um but we are going to do a battle because it's what we do here right mm -hmm. so uh let's listen to us one of my favorite songs actually off of um vixen and then we are going to head into the battle 
Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Um, Let's, one of my other faves. I just want to mention really quick. You heard here heard uh, some of Janet Gardner's clean vocals there, and she has got such a great range mm -hmm. of vocals. She can go nice, clean, high, and then she can get down and gritty. It's just she is very much. Vocalist. She reminds me of Pat Benatar with that ability to have just that. Like you said, she's got a range. Her voice is very clean. She's got control of her voice. But then she can get gritty with it too and rock with it. Mm. I I totally agree with you. Um, so all right, Edge of a Broken Heart, um, the the big uh, smash hit off of their first album, Vixen, um, that came out in 1988. It was certified gold um, on February 6th of 1989. That's crazy. That's crazy. That gold gold is what 500,000 copies, I think, so, something like that. So they released that in 88, and within a year, it sold half a million copies, and they had the gall to say that it wasn't doing well enough for them. How I many mean, bands can say that, like, honestly, within the first year? So imagine this, right? It's fine that the record label was like, okay, we're, we'll take a chance, but we're not going to give you a multi... <laughs> <laughs> A Five hundred thousand units. Five hundred thousand. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um, a multi-record deal right off the bat. But let's see how it goes. Oh, our our album went gold. Okay, great. Here, hurry up, sign on the dotted line. Because, and I said this to Matt previously, before we start recording, because middle is a passing fad, and they're just silly girls, and it's a passing fad. No, it's and they're probably going to want to go get pregnant and get married, and they're going to leave their band. I mean that. I mean that's a that's a male band that get a five album album deal. Of course, easy. Are you kidding easy me? Of course, of course. Yes. It's bullshit. Yeah. Fucking bullshit. bullshit. So all right. So let's talk about um, the album Vixen, shall we? So uh, favorite songs. Let's talk about our favorite songs on the album. Oh, so many. Um, of course, Edge of a Broken Heart is the classic. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the favorites, but one of my favorites on this, it's, it's not really one of their hits, but I love the song cruising. That's on one there. of my favorites. That, yes. If this, this song, when it opens up the guitar, you're swear you're listening to Eddie Van Halen. Yes. The guitar style is so it's just in that. It's just, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing, um, who was their guitarist at the time? Um, from their Back classic with, lineup or their yeah. it was Janet. it was Janet, yeah. yeah. Janet, yeah. But I I bet Van Halen was a big influence on her like it was on Brit. Sure. But because yeah, he well, he influenced like everybody back then. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's the first thing I thought was when, when that started up, I'm like, Am I listening to a Van Halen song? Yep. <laughs> Let's just play a clip of that real quick. Yeah. <laughs>
you are spot on with that. Like, I yeah. didn't pick that up originally, but you oh, were yeah. on top yeah. of that big time. Yeah. I know. I sure. swear that that guitar yeah. opening could have come right off of 5150. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. What does, listen to that and tell me, what the fuck does this band not have? The, the, what do, they've got, they have all of it. The mm -hmm. entire recipe for that sound in the 80s, they had all of it. Yep. And they're a bunch of hot chicks. Are a bunch of hot chicks. The fuck? Yeah, and then you got, I, I, I could list, you know, half a dozen tracks off of this that are just fantastic it's one uh, night alone i think one night alone is great uh, um crying of course yeah, was another dream. yeah you know honestly i would put i would put that a what they used to call the a side you know yeah. back when you had to flip your tape and your fucking record over yeah um but i would put that those first five songs up against any album of the same genre at that it's time. weird you know you make a good i didn't even yeah. think i don't think that's a good point and i sometimes forget to think that way because i don't listen to albums or tapes or anything yeah. anymore yeah well how is cruising not on side one like how do you not come out of the gate yeah. cruising you gotta save some of your stuff for later on but... yeah but no. what if people don't flip over that was always the fear that's well i mean when you come out of the gate with a side a like that it's like you're gonna be like, oh there's another song that really stood out to me just because it was so different. It was the song Charmed Life. That's mm -hmm. more of a kind of an upbeat, feel-good song. Uh, that that song, I wonder if it's been used in a movie. It seemed like seems like that's would be like the perfect uh song to be used in a movie from the era. That was their bonus track. So I don't know. Matt's going to look it up. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like listening to that song, Ed, I felt like I've heard that somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It has a very familiar yeah. sound to it. I would be very curious to know. So if you look at the credit on all of these songs, I think it's interesting. Um, yes. We should talk. We should talk about this. Yeah. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. We, we should definitely talk about this. Especially if you compare, so we're going to battle Vixen, the album, up against Rev It Up. And I, I think it's when we look at the writing credit, I don't know. I don't want to speak and say something that isn't true, but my gut is telling me something about ha what happened to them on their first two albums. I don't know if I, if I'm wrong, I don't want, I just have a feeling that they brought in other writers to make sure that they were writing good music. And I'm again, I could be wrong. What, yeah. It's happened. So I've yeah. heard, heard so many female artists say that as from the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. So I wonder if that happened here as well. well yeah. And um, it's, it's not surprising to me that um janet has writing credits on cruising <laughs> because yeah, of the uh, yeah. amazing guitar mm -hmm. on there just want to point that out yeah. yeah so their third album is completely written by janet and gina <clears throat> completely and you know not to go down the rabbit hole too far but just you know for those for the listeners go ahead and put Vixen, the album, up against 
their third album, Tangerine, um, which came out much, much later, May of 1998. It's a different vibe to it, but I want you to just pay attention to the quality of the writing and see, you might see why I'm, why I have this gut feeling about the writing credits. Again, could just be me. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, again, rabbit hole context here, but to look at it from a different angle, um, you don't want to speculate, but I mean, this could be at a time where they might've been strong armed into getting outside songwriters. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Oh, that's what you're saying. That's yeah. totally what okay, I'm saying. Okay, so we're on the same page with that. Yeah, I don't Just, think these yeah. women who've been in a band since 1980 and are quality, talented yeah. musicians are going to be like, hey, yeah, I think you should bring a bunch of other dudes in to help us write shit that we already know how to write. Again, okay, I, just, I am speculating. Yes, I just want to make that very, very clear yeah. that I am speculating. Yeah. It may yeah. be that they welcomed um, I, help I'm, with, but... Yeah, I'm getting some heart vibes here. Mm, you remember you. back on our heart episode? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. How that happened to them? Yeah. Yep. That's one of the reasons I'm bringing it up because it is... It is a it is a tale that goes on forever and ever. So maybe that didn't happen, but it could explain a lot. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is I think one of the most underrated albums in the late '80s. Probably one of the most underrated albums in metal at the time. Rock, I would whatever, agree. You know, at hundred percent, this album stands up now. It's still relevant oh, now for those for the even the young kids that love the you know they call it the old 80s rock now pick this up if you've got kids introduce this album to them you know if it's your grandkids god fucking save me <laughs> that we're that old um let them <laughs> let them listen to it too um <laughs> i think this album is just flipping phenomenal and it it's just it rocks it rocks so hard it's just so good does anybody have anything bad to say about it or any criticisms criticisms about it the only criticism i have about this album is the overall sound the production quality it seems to me rather sterile a little flat mm -hmm. um, especially when you compare it to what would come after um, that would be my biggest criticism, and that kind of bothered me that it didn't get, uh, it wasn't mixed better, or I don't know what the proper term would be if it was in the mixing or or whatever. But yeah, it seems like the production, I'm really surprised, given who was involved in the production of this album, that it would, would end up like that. Maybe it was just overdone, I don't know. Uh, I think it was underdone Under. because it was underfunded and that's yeah, how that, that could goes. be it. You know, I mean, if you don't get the budget to mix, well, if you don't get the budget to produce and mix mm. both, you don't get the time, you don't get the tools, you know, you need yeah. all of that. But then, I, especially I, you know what that reminds me, I was thinking I would love to see, I know it'll probably never happened, but the, in my, my pipe dreams would be for the current Vixen lineup to re-record this album and put it out there cool. that would be amazing i don't know though if you need to do i mean i get what you're saying but i also i don't know if i think it needs to be touched because it was of a moment and plus you don't have jan anymore you know so true i don't know i, I get what you're saying i think it would be that much harder 
but, so, but I guess but what I, how I feel is I think this album deserves to uh, to be better, produced on a higher level. Well, it's been remixed apparently, um, so there's a remixed version out of there, out there. So we should definitely check that out. And I will um, look for that then. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking up um, the studio that mixed the album. And um, yeah, well, we won't go down that rabbit hole right now. Okay, so we are battling Vixen against Rev It Up. And Rev It Up was released in 1990. <sighs> it's the band's last release on a major label. I mean, what the fuck? And you gotta remember, like I said, their first album went gold in a year. In a year. And this is it for them, basically. Um, I need a minute. I need a drink. I need a song. Yep. I just need a minute. Let's rev it up. Because I'm pissed. <laughs> we shall. rock song i mean just really <sighs> yeah they picked a great opener <laughs> they absolutely did um, and uh also no a number two track to follow it up with yes 100 percent. so <clears throat> i think this album and and it didn't again it didn't do as well as their first album and i've already said my piece on why i think that is um I think this album just crushes it from beginning to end. I mean, they do a couple, you know, a couple slower songs, a little more ballad. I mean, but that that's of the time of, the, are you kidding me, of the era. Um, but, you know, how are they any less amazing than Rat? How, I mean, he's such a good kid. That song is a great comparison. Um, you know, what, what was it about this band, other than what I've speculated, that, the record companies didn't want to jump all over. It doesn't make sense. Just makes you shake your head. Pisses me off is what it yeah. does. Yeah, well, that too. Come on, Richard Marks. What the Come fuck? On. Yeah, for real. Why don't you fucking do something? God. And it's not like they had the outside songwriters. And if you do the deep dive on the songwriters that they were able to have on those albums, I mean, you got some great pedigrees there. Yeah. Some great songwriters. Yeah. People that should have gone to bat for this band, for real. I mean, to get a record deal, number one, and to continue their career. Yeah, but. EMI fucking drops them after this album. Like, get the fuck out of here. What? Oh, man. Cannot explain it. And then to not, even, even after that, right, which is bad enough, to not have somebody come and swoop in and recognize this band for real i mean anybody i know <laughs> is ridiculous i would start a label to sign them yes 
I mean, and that's been done before. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to talk about breaking glass ceilings. I mean, if you have a label come in and their first major signing, or maybe a newer label come in and sign Vixen as their first big act, I mean, could have been a game changer right there. Totally. Totally. 100%. Yeah. And look, they are still, I mean, okay, they're not playing stadiums anymore, but it's like, it's 2021. Yeah. And they can still sell out shows. Exactly. They're still they making a living from music. They're yeah. still, there's still people buying the albums. Imagine if someone had given them the same support that they gave their male counterparts. Yeah. Where, I mean, that's, it's just so, it's so infuriating. It really infuriates me. I'm angry for them. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my other favorite songs off this album, I'm going to play right now for you. And we'll see if you guys agree with me. It's like so, yeah. it's so, and it's just so per like what a quintessential late 80s, early 90s rock song. Yeah. Like it's just, it's got all everything, the perfect recipe right there. Yeah. It's in the pocket all the way. Yeah. What the fuck did these motherfuckers not like? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what else they would have had to have done to. They needed get penises. That deal. <laughs> They didn't have penis. That's about it. That's, yeah, that's, that's, about it. that's I mean, honestly, literally all it could be. That's all it could be. Considering they've been playing music their entire lives afterwards. What the fuck else could it be? Yeah. Shame on EMI. Shame on you, EMI. Shame. Okay, so um, I think with this album, they don't have, you know, for me, it doesn't have cruising. It's a little bit lighter. It's not as punchy no. as their debut album. I still think it's a really great album. What, what's your overall feelings, you guys, on this? Is this our battle? It is our we battle. Battling? We're battling. Okay. Okay. Usually you have a big like. Again, I think. What do you want me to do? Punch him in the face? Like, yeah. Oh, horns! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you ready to go? That better. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> uh, both great albums. Uh, I feel like we could talk a lot more about these two albums, but I will say that despite the sound quality, Ed, which I agree with you on a thousand percent, and I just think it was time, place, and how they were treated really, unfortunately, they upped the production quality on album number two. A lot more crisp, a lot more clean, but Man, that first album, that first album, I got to go with that first album just because of that A side, like I'm telling you. And then they yeah. sprinkle in those great songs on side B. Um, it has the energy, it has the ballads, it has, it's your prototypical, quintessential, fantastic 80s hair metal, glam metal rock album. Agreed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I got to go with Vixen, self-titled. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, 
I also think that, um, again, I, I bring up the production value, so I don't want to, I don't want to beat that, that, that horse, but, um, this has, it starts off with a bang. You've got rev it up. You've got how much love, which are, th I think are two of their greatest, uh, hits in, in my mind right there. Uh, I think they, they were also on the charts, but, um, love is a killer, another good one, uh, which comes in at number three. Um, but after that, you know, it's, it's a little more spotty for me on this album. Wrecking ball, I think was a really good song. Um, bad reputation. Like you just played another good one. Uh, the other ones, while I respect the musicality of them and the, the writing and everything is just for, for me, um, I think there's a lot more on their first album that really revs me up. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I am going to, I have to agree with Matt, despite the, the lesser production, I think that I'm going to have to go with their debut album and man, you know, what a debut it is. I so think, Dixon for me. Okay. I think for me, this is going to go down to nostalgia because I love Rev It Up. Like you said, I love this album. It's this album. Both have been on my like, you know, 80s rock rotation for years, just like everything, just like rats round and round and, yeah. you know, just always Def Leppard's photograph. They're right there, you know, cruising. Um, and rev it up. I think that the nostalgia of the sound leans me more towards Vixen. I think I can hear their development, their personal, their development as a band in rev it up. I think that um, they were on their way. They were, they were on their way. They just needed the support. I think what could have come after rev it up would have been I mean, if they could have recorded right away and just stayed on track, I think I it would have been fucking amazing. Yeah. And given the money for the production, I, I, I had a real hard time with this one. Um, I do have to go with Vixen, though. I think I'm, it's just the nostalgia part of it for me. Another yeah. thing, too, um, which I don't think we really touch on this too much, um, in this context, but Rev It Up, I mean, came out in 1990. And we know that the early 90s were a really rough time for these bands. So that may have not been the whole reason why they didn't get the deal, but I think that probably played something I into know, it. Because I think some of these labels so were early. seeing the writing on the wall. Now that's not, you know, like I said, that just might be a small part of it. Okay. Yeah, that was definitely that transitional year, and I agree with you. I don't. I, I disagree. I think um, I just want to take a look at some of the other bands and their dates. I disagree. I think it was. It's too early to make that statement. Um, I'm trying to look at the discography of a couple other bands at the time. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think so. There was 1992, maybe. 1990 is still too early for yeah. me. 
91, still too early for that to be the case. I think by the time you get to 1992, for mm. sure, definitely. Yeah. They should have gotten one more album. In no, that's opinion. a good point. In my opinion. But yeah. So, so I guess, wow, we were unanimous on this one. It's been a uh, while, yeah. I think, right? It was close for me. It was really yeah. close. Yeah. I almost went for Rev It Up. You know what's funny? You know, you know who would disagree with us on this? Janet Gardner. Really? Yes, because I have a quote from her. From oh, shit. Kerrang, okay. Yeah, after the release of Rev It Up. So she says, we grew tighter as a band and captured more of our energy as we played so much prior to recording this album. That's what you said. You did say that about Rev It Up. Yes. Uh, in comparison with the first album, that was good for its time, but this is the most definitive Vixen as a group. The contrasting topics on this album are better than those on the first. That's not something we really talked about either, is the, the contrasting topics of the songs, I guess. I no, yeah. we don't. I think we've talked about, I think we talked about that with Tesla. We did, yeah. I think we talked about that when, I mean, okay, let's use rap for example. Yeah. <laughs> what, we're, what are we really going to talk about in relation to their lyrics? That's true, yes. The, that's it, true. It's all about, that's just some fun music to listen to. Subject matter is a whole other discussion. I would say that the, she's but right about the depth. I, oh, I totally agree. Yeah. And you know what? I actually completely agree with her, which is why I said like three times, this is going to come down to nostalgia for yes. me. Do I think Rev It Up is the better album? Yes. Yeah. If I have to choose, yeah. I'm going to choose Vixen because it's just, there's a feeling that I remember. I mean, again, I'm a, you know, in 1988, I'm in high school and um, I'm really starting to recognize my place and my I should say my limits as a woman in the world that's when you really I think I don't know for me that's when I began to recognize some of the disadvantages I had because I was a woman and kind of trying to reckon with all of that and all of a sudden you it, it's almost like imagine there's like all this writing on the walls around you and it's all like in a different language and it unscrambles one day and yeah. it's like unscrambling slowly that's what it feels like when you're a young woman growing up and you recognize how your teachers are speaking to you um you start to see i remember noticing i mean god the era we grew up in there was so much sexualization of women and and um I don't know, things that were so uncomfortable and inappropriate, and we were just so forced to be like, yeah, that's funny, that's cool, like, yeah, it's normal, you know, that, that's okay, it's normal. Also being told, you can't do that because you're a woman, you can't do that because you're a girl, and literally, people are still saying that yeah. stuff when I was a teenager, so this, this band and other women that were doing things that we were considered, you know, a man's job or in a man's world the time really stood out to me. And so that is perhaps why this album Vixen holds an important place in my heart. I, I mean, I can't imagine, but uh, you know, being in high school at that time, being a female, this is the album's like a rallying cry. I mean, honestly, I mean, it no, really it was. was. I mean, honestly, it was, it yeah. was seeing Lita Ford, you know, yeah. Singing "Kiss Me Deadly" and Vixen, yeah, I mean, and just their videos too. I mean, I would. I mean, it was clear they'll kick the shit out of you. Yeah. Don't fuck with them. But <laughs> they didn't have to do it in a way that. Um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Um, compromised their, I'm going to say this in a really cheesy way, and I don't mean to, I just don't have the words right now, their femininity. Yeah. It's a tough line there. Um, so I think that's probably also, there's, there's, we've talked about this before, it's emotional, you know, and taste is subjective and the reasons why, I mean, we, we've tried before to go just technical <laughs> and <clears throat> I think often we would probably agree when it comes to technicalities, but you know, when it's like, which album do you think is the best? My God, there's so much that contributes to that, which is why I love doing this. Exactly. And why I'm always right. I just said I agree with her. <laughs> Hello. Don't you see? I'm choosing both and yeah, getting away with true. it. Yeah. Hi. That's true. All right. Um that was fun. That was I'm fun. glad we did that. That was a good discussion. I, I'm glad we did this. Me too. And by they the deserve way, their own episode. One of my sure. first big time girl crushes. Was this woman right here? Um, I want I'm gonna I want you to see who I'm talking about. Um, this is um, there you go, Roxy Petrucci. Ah. She is my. I just remember seeing her. I think also because she was the drummer. Is the drummer? You know, again, not a common thing to see for my generation at the time or that was put forward. And I just, I was mesmerized by her. I just, I had the biggest, biggest crush on her. Still do. We're looking at a picture of her currently. She is one hot mama. Oh my God. Yeah. Look they, at her. They all age very well. Oh, Are you kidding me? Yeah. Fine. Wine, yes. Man. Fine. Whiskey. Oh. And they're a Absolutely. great follow. They're a great follow too on social media. If you yes. follow them, yeah, uh, you get to see their pre-gig <laughs> routines and their post-gig routines. Yep. So, uh, yeah, great, great band, and uh, you know, hopefully, we'll get them all on the show one day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. some of them live in Florida. Some of them do live in Florida. And Brent yeah. keeps threatening that she'll be down here, and we'll all get together. <laughs> and I'm like, just let me know when. I'll bring the whiskey. Well, we got plenty of room right here. <laughs> On, we'll right. build a whole other studio. Yeah. Right. Oh man, that would we'll be that would be awesome. That'd be super fun. That would be yeah. awesome. And you gotta fly down here with us. Yes. Oh, if, if I could be down there for that, man, that would. Yeah. Britt, if you're listening. A little private gig right here in the studio. We're working on it already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've made the decision for you. I hope you're on board. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. That's the show. That's fixing. Right. Fuck yeah. By the way. Um. I was supposed to stop cursing on the podcast, and this is podcast number two, Sailor Zero F-Bombs 2. So I guess my F-Bombs don't count, even though we're on the same screen. I think this would be the third <laughs> the third one you crashed and burned on. No, it's only two. And why do you want to do that to me? <laughs> That's so mean. It's only two, isn't it? We did two Tesla episodes and then this Shit. one. Well, all right. <laughs> Flippity flop. Hey, you said it was a bad day, so it, it, it was. It's fine. Flipping bad day. Flipping bad. Flipping bad. Gosh, forsaken son of a beastmaster. <laughs> Recola day. There you go. All right. Um, next show. I have no idea what we're doing, but it's October. 
Halloween is coming up. Get ready for Halloween. It's my favorite Ooh. holiday. And uh, this time, we're going to do something very different. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about a band that you guys might have heard of. Maybe not. They're a little obscure. So uh, they're very Halloween-y, though. So stay tuned for that show. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to say that you're definitely going to watch it, want to watch it on YouTube. Yes. You don't want to just yes. listen. If you don't like the YouTubes, too bad. Trust me. You're going to want to watch it. We'll leave it there. We don't want to spoil spoil the fun. So we might even have this band join us in the studio. It's going to be a big deal. It, it kind of is. I'm trying to not make it sound like a big deal, but you guys, it's a really Just cut to the chase. It's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a big deal. So that's coming up. So stay tuned. And other than that, let's get the hell out of here. I mean, the H-E double hockey sticks out yes. here. Okay, so as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Um, once Instagram is back up, you can find us there at Metal Rock Whiskey. Hopefully, by the time this airs, uh, everyone will you know come out of their shock and awe and be able to get back on Instagram at Metal Rock Whiskey. I'm we are on Twitter at Metal Whiskey. So lost <laughs> I can't uh, see. I still haven't figured out the password for Twitter, but oh, I, I will. I will reset that phone. password. Okay, reset it. Yeah, uh, so I can start posting on Twitter. Uh, got a lot of fun stuff coming up down the pike, so hopefully you'll join us at Metal Whiskey on fun Twitter, stuff. at Metal Rock Whiskey on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at the Whiskey Obsessor. That is Whiskey Maybe. Save the E. R.I.P. Instagram. Maybe. R.I.P. Facebook. R.I.P. I.G. Um, I'm Sailor Guevara, and you can find me on Twitter and LinkedIn because they still exist. So, ha, ha, ha. I also will send you stupid cat videos and crap like that on TikTok if you want to be my friend on TikTok. I think I'm Sailor Retro, I think. Right, Ed? We're TikTok friends. Yes. Pretty sure. Yes. So, yeah. So, TikTok still exists as far as I know. No, maybe. Maybe. No, on TikTok, I know it's the one on my watch right here. No. That's God. about it. It's trick to rock, we're rock to rock, we're rock, we're rock, right on top. It's tricky. Tricky, tricky, tricky. Oh, man. Oh, and go so, follow, uh, sorry, go follow Bren Whiskey on Instagram. Oh, yes. Yes. Bren Whiskey. B-R-E-N-N-E. -N -N -E. Yes, follow Allison Park. A-P. P-A-R-C Park. Because she's so Support fancy. her brand. Yes. We love you, Allison. All right, Ed, take it away. And I guess for today, you know, you have to track me down IRL uh, because <laughs> my Instagram account is not working. But hopefully if it is working again sometime, you can find me at Bourbon Geek on Instagram. And actually, I, I'm not very active on Twitter, but I do believe I have an account on there. It's Bourbon Geek 1 uh, because Bourbon case. Geek was... This ticks me off. Okay, not to go off on a tangent. <laughs> Do it. Somebody else out there? Someone else has my handle, How but the you. account is deact is uh, suspended. Oh. It's been suspended for months. I keep checking on it for some kind of violation of the terms. And yes. I'm well, I want to contact him and say, faster. please give me that, give that to me. <laughs> but anyway, seriously, how dare you? Ah, uh, well, so listeners, if you love us. 
or even just like us, find us on one of those social media platforms that Matt mentioned that's still around and hit a subscribe button. Give us a like, give us a review, whatever you can do on there. It helps out the show. It doesn't cost you anything except a minute of your time. Since I can't anymore. So join us next time for the next episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. Later, everyone. I love you more.